It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, do you think you could have given Jesus Christ buckets? Uh, <laughs> um, was he playing defense like the Lakers were tonight? Because if so, absolutely. <laughs> Thou shalt not defend. Is <laughs> <laughs> Thou shalt get back cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we're going to talk about that plenty. Uh, I look, I'm, I'm making that joke because Kuzma. This is a direct quote, quote from Kyle Kuzma when asked about uh, Bull Bull being the person to contest, uh, which is basically trying to shoot a jumper over one of those wacky arm flailing thingies that they have at used car dealerships. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kuzma says, "Quote." I think Jesus could be in front of me and I'd uh, probably still shoot in Kuzma's defense here. Anthony Davis was technically in front of him, having given him the handoff. So, uh, yeah, it was, I was not, I was not, uh, the, the, the (laughs) Jesus joke did not come completely from left field. The Lakers, however, uh, they, they played defense as if they, they were that, that, kind of bad kid who's not very good at baseball and got stuck in left field. Uh, <laughs> and they, they beat the C team nuggets one twenty four to one twenty one. Uh, it was funny. You've, you, you know, Adam Adis, right? The guy I do locked on NBA with, mm-hmm, of course. Uh, yeah. I like Adam quite a bit. I don't tell him I said this, but one of the smartest people in, in all of basketball coverage, but uh, he and he and I text before the Lakers play the Nuggets every time, and he asked me, "Hey, do you think the Lakers are going to try to win this?" And I said, "Personally, I would like for the Lakers to try to win this, but I I don't think they're going to care. I, I I still don't think they're going to care. And uh, nothing more clearly, it, it, you know, <laughs> exemplifies the Lakers not particularly caring." more than LeBron James finishing the game with one rebound that I didn't technically see. So, <laughs> yeah, it happened somewhere in the, in the fourth quarter. See, that's the thing though, is like, we tried to win that game that like this game bothered me more than any of the other games, mm. because aside from like six minutes from THT, that was but pretty much what I'd expect the playoff rotation to be aside from KCP being out yeah. as well. Right. And we could not get a stop against their, C team, man. Mm -hmm. And we were going hard. Like, yes, LeBron only had one rebound, but he wasn't playing without effort, right? Like that was one of the more intense performances we've given in the bubble. And thank God Kuz hit that shot because it'd be a hundred times worse, but I'm more bothered by this game than any of the others. Really? I didn't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we were, maybe we're seeing different things. I didn't see crazy effort from the Lakers uh, defensively. And I I also think it could be one of those things too, where the Lakers offense has been struggling so much that they started hitting shots and you kind of get that natural letdown on the other end of the court where 
It's like, oh, mm-hmm. we can outscore them now. How about that? I think we actually saw right. that you can make this up season. For yeah. Right? I, either this season or last season or something like that where the Lakers started out crazy good on defense. Their offense picked up, and then the defense fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually kind of seen that trend before with, with this team, and we see it not – the Lakers aren't unique in this respect. So I – between I, – I, so I, I could find the, the response that I had directly to Adam, but I basically said it's something along the lines of, yeah, I don't really see LeBron really caring about this one, and and that's going to trickle down. So – Nope. He, it was a DM. Never mind. Uh, but he, he basically, yeah, I, I, I kind of thought like, I, I really think the Lakers securing that number one seed, uh, that was their top goal here on, on top of beating the Clippers. I think that was the, that was the closest to, to playoff intensity basketball that, that we've seen, or we're going to see from the Lakers in these seeding games. And, and tonight, uh, you know, I, I found myself getting almost a little annoyed at the commentary uh, about the Lakers struggling to stop their, their C team, which, you know, on its face is altogether fair. I just didn't see crazy rotations and, and, and Dion waiters, like in, in a, in a, uh, in a game where the Lakers are struggling so much defensively, I don't think Dion waiters is going to play 27 minutes. No, all of that's fair. And you're right that they didn't rotate. They, it's irritating watching them get beat by the same thing over and over again, over and over back, again. Yeah, absolutely. Cut, right. And like, and uh, Caruso is particular. It's funny. This is one of those nights that Caruso's plus minus was phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I thought he was actually pretty bad in this game defensively yeah. with uh, off of the ball, especially. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> look, man, Danny green saw some shots go in. LeBron's jumper started to fall. Morris started to knock some rust off. So there's great value to that. And you're right that, that they weren't rotating like crazy. The thing about Dion, I'm worried about weight about his defense. Like, yeah, he goes to the wrong spot and he doesn't have a lot of, like, he's not terribly athletic at this point of his career. His defense has been, poor enough to where I think he's like a defense to offense or offense to defense substitution yeah. late in games. Like he gets subbed out, subbed out for a defensive position. Maybe that's KCP or that's Caruso in that position. Instead, next dead ball, you've got the ball, you put waiters in the game instead. Um, but yeah, he's, he's made mistakes where I'm like, Oh, he's not even close to where mm-hmm. we need him to be defensively. So I've got some concerns about him definitely missing Avery, Avery Bradley, at least having the option there. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like I, I just saw some things where they, they need to be so much more together and cohesive than they are. But I did see a certain level of intensity in this game even if it was just on the offensive end, they looked sharper and played with more force that I is encouraging from a ramp up standpoint. But yeah, I've, I've got some concerns about the defense. Yeah. Dion waiters, I think leads the bubble in possessions where the other team scores and he's facing like the opposite direction of the basket. Like his back <laughs> is turned to the basket. And then he like, every time that ha- that happens, he's looking around at all of his teammates. Like, what? What'd you guys do, guys? (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's like, oh, come on, Dion. Uh, I actually have a running theory here on, and and you kind of hit on, you started the the beginnings of it 
with the point that you made about the offense and and how hard they were running offensively uh, and and the way that they were executing on offense. So let's take a quick second. And when we come back, I want to, I want to offer up that theory and, and see what you think about it. This is also weird. I got to kind of collect myself. I'm not usually the optimist. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to walk around the block a little bit and, 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 <laughs> See what the see if we can going on out here. restore equilibrium, equilibrium around <laughs> We're here. Living yeah. in the upside down. Let's take a quick second, pay a couple bills. We'll come back and uh, and we'll see if we can write these wrongs. Today's show is brought to you in part by CBDMD. Head on over to cbdmd.com to check out a full line of products which features CBD gummies. CBDM, CBD PM for sleep. They have a CBD bundle, which features a few products uh, that, that if you're comfortable with the concept of CBD, you should just dive on in with this. They even have stuff for your pets. Uh, my, my dog, Callie, is a complete nut job. Uh, and especially on car rides and we have uh, worked with her and, and we offered her a, a CBD gummy and she handled the, the car ride much better. So uh, you should check out the entire line of products that they have. And if you use the promo code NBA, you'll save 25% off your first order. Again, that's promo code NBA. And when you head over there, uh, to to check out finally, if you enter that NBA promo code, you'll save twenty five percent, and and that's only if you head over to cbdmd.com. Again, I personally can vouch for any number of these products. If you have any questions, uh, hit me up on LakersLockedOn at gmail.com as well. Uh, again, that's cbdmd.com. Promo code NBA uh, and and start improving your life in in, in at least this way. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so my theory is basically this. That to this point, after the Lakers won the game against the Clippers, and then especially after they... Uh, solidified themselves as a top seed in the West, which at this point is kind of meaningless. It's kind of sucks, but whatever. Uh, I really feel like they've approached this as individual tune-up games. And then as they start ramping up, they're going to start tying those individual concepts together to get better as a group on various parts of the, uh, on both sides of the ball. And so 
like what like one thing one one thing that that I, I you know we talked about uh Anthony Davis and the way that he was playing against PJ Tucker and the number of isolation plays that they were running for him as that was going on. We've seen Kuzma play defense in in any number of ways, but especially early on in the bubble, really focusing on playing physical and pushing himself in individual moments like that. I, one thing, this kind of dawned on me, and this might be a coping mechanism on my part just because green has been so bad, but uh, I, I really feel like there are moments where he could force a jumper and is instead allowing himself to be run off the three-point line a lot more easily than he would normally. So it kind of made me mm-hmm. wonder if he's working on something like that, you know, working on handling those situations because we know that that's what teams are really going to be trying to do come uh the postseason so oh, so like he's working on attacking closeouts yeah and exactly like all of these guys are working on these various aspects of the game and then as we kind of ramp up and get towards the postseason especially after the lakers get through this first round uh you'll, you'll really start to see all of it kind of tie back together so do you think even see the first round as part of the ramp up quote unquote i kind of do is that bad yeah no, I mean, it's dangerous, especially if yeah, it's Dame. That's fair. Like, I don't think I don't think Portland can beat us four out of seven. Yeah, but they're the one team where like I don't don't fuck know. Like, I, like I, San Antonio, I just don't see it. Memphis, they're too young. Um, Phoenix, Phoenix is great story, and I they're actually the team I'm rooting for because they've been so damn fun to watch, mm-hmm. right? Like they've been great in this bubble, but none of those three teams like. But there's just there's a version of Dame that I don't, but they don't defend. I don't know. I I, I don't see us losing four out of seven, and so I do think that there's. I don't know. It could go a game or two longer than perhaps it should, mm-hmm. even in in the better case scenarios. That I don't know, man this is unprecedented so who's to say who's right the bucks are two and four in the bubble we're Mm -hmm. three and four the clippers are three and three it's not like like it's so easy to just look at the lakers and go like oh we're playing like crap and right but like the bucks are playing like crap the clippers are playing like crap both of them are. i don't know who tweeted it out i think it was the ringer but they tweeted out something like the lakers the bucks and the clippers are seven and ten in the bubble so far what do you think would happen if that continued into the postseason? It's like somebody's losing their first round series, according to math, you know, right. <laughs> right. Not all, that, not all that difficult to figure what that looks like. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't, maybe it's a contrarian in me that, that feels this way, but the more and more and more I hear people really push the blazers as, Oh man, the Lakers don't want to yeah. see them. The more I find no. myself saying like, come on guys, like this is a team that might not even make it. You know, we've seen right. Yeah, they're they're way below five hundred for a reason. They've they got lost a lot to the Clippers when the Clippers were tanking. <laughs> and yes, they they got Nurkic back. They got Collins back. They're a better team than they were before. Uh, but yeah, the, that team's got some significant. I just don't know who defends LeBron and AD. <laughs> and basically, Mellow. the difference between our, our stars, <laughs> the difference between our stars and their stars is our stars can impact the game defensively as well. Mm-hmm. And as dangerous as Dame is, I think that if you've got a full series to key on him and McCollum, um, like they're going to go to work, especially seeing how our perimeter defense has been in, in some respects. But I, I just don't see it as, as being enough. Yeah. The one thing I will say uh, that that kind of speaks to 
the the reason for concern here. Like LeBron kind of messing around or whatever shouldn't really surprise anybody, right? But Caruso hasn't exactly lit the world on fire. And in KCP also hasn't exactly lit the world on fire. Mm-hmm. Those are guys who really should be going balls to the ball right now and really like pushing themselves to see what they're capable of. Cause in the postseason, it's going to be on those guys. Like those positions are going to fall. The burden of those positions are going to fall on those two guys' shoulders. Uh, and, and if they don't have it, the Lakers don't really have any other options. So, so like there are reasons mm-hmm. I think to be a little concerned, but what do you think about the general theory of kind of the individual work as ramping up towards the postseason and then kind of bringing it all together. I think, I think it's possible, especially with the, like the veterans and the stars and stuff. If, if we hadn't just been off for four months, I don't know. I I think that there's value in getting a rhythm as a team and and whatnot earlier. Um, Maybe I'm just antsy, man. It's been a minute since we've been in the playoffs (laughs) and I'm just like, all right, guys, come on, let's go. And it's funny, they won the game tonight and Denver's really good, right? And yeah. They, um, and that, even though they, that was their C team, their, Denver's an interesting roster because their, their fundamental disadvantage against us with their regular guys is athleticism, especially yeah. in the front court. Millsap and Jokic yep. specifically against That's our guys, point. right? And then, but then you got these bench guys and this even includes Michael Porter Jr. Who's obviously starting for them, but they've got athleticism kind of just like a little deeper into the roster. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And just like their speed and athleticism in that fourth quarter, they were just getting buckets on us over and over and over again, in part because that version of their team is so different than their main group. Mm -hmm. So I I don't want to overreact to it, but I'm just ready for, that to you know that said we were great on offense tonight and we sucked on defense which like our defense aside from you know few stretches where we just haven't tried like i've been generally happy with our, where our mm-hmm. defense has been when we've tried uh and so this was the first game we kind of needed a shootout we needed one where we hit 14 threes so i'm i'm glad it went like this rather than like a 100 to 97 type of game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man, we're just so close that I'm, I'm getting antsy. I, you're not anywhere near alone. You know, <laughs> you're, 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 you're nowhere near alone. Let's take another quick second here. I think the big story of the night and really of the bubble has been Kyle Kuzma. So we got to talk about him, give him, give him, Give him his props uh, as I have a stroke on the air. Uh, So we'll come back after that. All right. Say it with me. Sports are back and nothing is going to get you more excited about sports being back, especially with playoff basketball right around the corner than my bookie. They are going to have you covered with no matter what bet you have, whether it's individual game type bets, whether it's up to the moment type bets, whether it's future bets, whether it's prop bets. My bookie is going to be the best place to do that. And and it's for a very simple reason. Their slogan, you bet, you win, they pay. That's how betting should work. If you put a bet on, you put your hard-earned money on the line, then you want to be able to reap the rewards of your intelligence Boardlock sometimes buy <laughs> as quickly as, as possible, and my bookie is going to make that possible. They have bets on uh, MLB, they have NBA, NHL, 
MLS, whatever uh, sport that you want to put some money down on, MyBookie is going to have you covered. And if you sign up now and then enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA, MyBookie will match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss a free $10 MLB future wager. So again, remember, MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One last little negative thing before we talk about Kuzma. I'm done with JaVale. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> just, just, just play Dwight. You know, give Dwight the, 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 you know, kind of starters minutes there, those 20 or 15, 20-ish minutes, uh, and then the rest of that can go to AD and, and, and whatever, and you make the rotation work beyond that. But I'm just about done with JaVale, man. It was, it was just, he was out there running with the turbo button, so I think he was, he was at least trying a little bit more in this game, but, but bigs especially in these bubble games and especially as we get into the season bigs like javel bigs like dwight have such a narrow margin of error uh to -hmm. be positively impactful in a game and to see javel just like constantly like tonight was the foul trouble thing right where and the fouls he was picking up were just because he wasn't he didn't he couldn't figure out the timing on different things and he had like the weird offensive foul on MPJ and he missed a couple dunks and he just, he hasn't really looked himself. And I I just, there's so the Lakers are so much better against good teams with AD at the five that I I'm, I'm ready to just kind of move on. We're good. Hey man, I, I don't, uh, I'll just go ahead and say, I don't blame you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get in trouble, but, but yeah. He, he, there needs to be a quick hook there. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's something where I, I think it in this day and age, you need one traditional big that can provide you physicality. And if he doesn't space the floor, that's fine. And that's like I said, that's Dwight. And so, yeah, to, I, I'm, I don't know, man. I, I like what I saw from Morris today. I think a uh, Dwight AD M- Morris is a small ball five when it's not AD. I think that's a solid rotation right there. I- I'm inclined, inclined to agree with you there, man. All right, let's uh, move on. And I Kuzma Kuzma, we've been talking about a bunch, right? And he has been really effing good. In my opinion, on both sides of the ball goes 11 of 16 from the field tonight, three of five from the floor, including that game winner at the end. And I just want to start with, I think this is where Vogel is, is at his best as a coach or where coaches in general show that they are at their best is rewarding a guy like Kuzma for being consistently the, the team's hardest worker from start to finish in this bubble and and then also, you know, it helps that he's gotten results in terms of being the team's best shooter, but, but giving him the opportunity to win that game, you know, after the, the way that he's played, that's a big deal, 
you know that <laughs> and 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 for somebody like Kuzma who I'm sure has heard tons of bullshit for myself included like I've I myself have been very hard on Kuzma in stretches uh but for him to show out the way that he has shown out to this point and then have that all kind of capped off at least to this point with that with that altogether by the way insanely tough jumper to win a game like that was that's such a difficult shot that he made uh th- that's just a, if if the lakers found a legitimate 3 and D player then then all of the concerns about you know offense or defense or whatever that's all i've been looking for through this bubble yeah man i mean he deserves a lot of credit the leadership of the team deserves a lot of credit there's something the closer that i get to the nba and just seeing like what it's all about the more i value mentality mm-hmm. and if you look at how the pelicans played in the bubble and how the sacramento kings played in the bubble mm-hmm. who used to be our head coach the there were bad habits like Kyle Kuzma needed to be broken down his game and his mentality needed to be broken down and built back up the yeah the time off and the stoppage was an enormous blessing for him because he was he was he was getting it i've been defending kuz all year and you know this, right? Because I've been happy with what I've seen on tape with some of the progress he's made in the little things that don't get credit from anybody else but your teammates and your coaches. Meanwhile, he's shooting 29.7%. Yeah, I was going to say, three. you were defending him. Other teams didn't have to. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But but so this is where like the everything's coming together with Kuz is Kuz is really playing very forcefully and very, uh, very definitive decisions and very purposeful, very um, no hesitation. That's it. He's not playing with any hesitation and he's historically in the past been the best in those like wide open type games where Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he can get a rhythm and a flow. Mm -hmm. And I mean, shoot, who who doesn't play better in, in, but, but I mean, but some guys are more pickup player. Better. <laughs> I was I was really good because nobody gave a damn on defense. It was great. <laughs> right, right. Um, but he even him more so than than others. Whereas now he's locked in both sides the whole game. So like he was doing those little things, but his offense sucked, right? Like his offense just wasn't good and he was hesitating and he still got room to grow for sure. But this is a two-way player, man. This is a legit number three guy that we're seeing right here. And everything about it is sustainable. Now, maybe he's not going to shoot. He's shooting great from three point range, right? He's shooting in the forties there and that's not going to continue, but just the, like the way he's attacking closeouts, the way he's defending, like he's doing this pretty much every game. Mm -hmm. He's got so much talent, man. And, and he had to be broken down from the culture that he had been in 
for a couple of years and built back up into a championship player. And it's a great credit to him. The time off was enormously important for him because he was playing catch up all year, right? He missed training camp. He had that injury mm-hmm. uh, to his ankle, I believe it was with team USA. And he was just kind of like, so he had this learning curve ahead of him anyway. And he started the race a couple seconds after everybody yeah. else did. And it was like, that's why it was so frustrating that year. he came in hurt. Right. Remember that was one mm-hmm. of the things that you and I talked about a lot yep. early on the season was like the one guy we really didn't need to be hurt right now was Coos because mm-hmm. he's going to play such an important role and he has so much to learn over the course of the season. Absolutely. And the stoppage allowed him to catch up. And so it's really a credit to him, but also the leadership of the team, Vogel, LeBron, the coaching staff, Jared Dudley said that he was going to take who's under his wing earlier in the year. And we saw Dudley do that with D'Angelo Russell with the Nets last year. And like, it's, it's a real credit to Kuz and the leadership of the team where he's at right now. And like, that's the biggest news by far as frustrating as the team has been. I've got faith that they can get their shit together on defense that they're not going to shoot, you know, 22% from three, uh, the way they did for much of this bubble. But, you know, with, with Kuz making what seems to be this leap forward, that's bigger than anything else that's happened in the bubble. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about, you know, the frustrations in, 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 you know, elsewhere across the roster, Danny green has been just abysmal really before tonight. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, he comes around, he hits four three pointers. Like you mentioned earlier, Markeith Morris comes in, he hits a couple threes himself and, 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 uh, and look to be moving a little bit better or not, not a little, a lot better than he had to this point because he was trying to get his conditioning back as well. Uh, and, and, you know, if, if you have Kyle Kuzma, uh, and you have Danny green and you have Markeith Morris all in that, like, you know, anywhere from a big two to a small five kind of range type player. And those guys are, are start hitting and start defending. Like those are hugely important players. Like those are the players who win mm-hmm. series. Should we continue to start Kuz? Instead of KCP mm-hmm. or Danny or JaVale even. JaVale, yeah. JaVale, yeah. I, I, think, I think you could really, like, I, I'm fine with making Dwight the, the kind of six man who comes in and plays against backup bigs, right? Uh, and, and guards and players who aren't as equipped to take advantage of him and pick and rolls or spread kind of situations. Like, I think that's where it makes the most sense. Uh, I would, I, yeah, I actually, what do you think? I, I, I would probably start Kuzma over Javel. I, I mean, it depends on, on AD on, I mean, we're coming, we're getting down to that time, right. Where this is like, yeah, you want innings eaters during the regular season bigs mm-hmm. that are not going to put AD through that wear and tear. Um, the starters have been so bad up until this point, the group yep. that included KCP too, that um, I, I would give it serious consideration. Um, but I, I'd see where AD was on that, but yeah, like a KCP, Danny, Kuz, LeBron, AD, that's a, that's a hell of a five. But speaking of the five, it's, that it comes down to AD's willingness to do that for against starters and bigger stretches. I think, I think that's the kind of thing that you kind of test out there in the first round. 
Yeah. You know, I, I think, cause like I said, I'm not looking at, I, I, again, Nur- might, Nurkic I, is a big boy, man. I might be. Yeah. Yeah. But he's the kind of big boy who would give JaVale problems anyway. You know? Oh, I'm not saying AD couldn't do it. In fact, AD would stretch him out, right? Like yeah. Nurkic would have way harder time defending him. I'm just saying from a, from a wear and tear standpoint, if, if that's the reason you don't want AD to, yeah. to be like, do you do that? Do it that early? I think there's an argument to be made to do it right. To get some reps in and, and to get used to playing that type of group. But I'm also concerned that we don't, like our starting lineup has been terrible. This is the first game and you in the bubble where it has starting been. lineup be bad in the postseason. Like you can't, given you how many minutes, minutes that they together. play, and mm-hmm. especially given like you don't want any LeBron minutes to be bad. You have to maximize your LeBron minutes and then try to survive when he's sitting on the bench. And sure. game in, game out, getting run off the court in the first in the first like ten five, five minutes or so, seven minutes or so, while those guys are out there together, that. Yeah, I, I I really think I would probably I would because one thing I want to make that first series as short as possible because if you're going up against Houston, if you you know whoever you're going to face in the second round, if you can get an extra few days of rest before that next series gets going, then I really want to take advantage of of everything I can to to knock that team off quickly. Uh, but but on top of that too, like you you need to you need to get. You, you know, whatever your five or six man rotation really is, right? Whether it's, or, or, you know, we could extend it out to seven or eight, but every team needs that five man group that they can lean on their fastball that they know that they can paint the corners with and really take other teams best pitch or, or best swing also. And if the Lakers find out that theirs happens to have Kyle Kuzma in there along with Danny Green, along with either Casey Pierre Caruso, whatever that might look like, they need to get to that lineup as quickly as possible and have it out there as often as possible, in my opinion. Yeah. And even if it's not AD at the five, like Dwight or... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think that to that point, having Kuz, especially with how he's able to attack the rim and all that, like LeBron and AD is hard to stop. LeBron, AD, and Kuz that's that's going to be really hard to stop. And we don't get a ton of minutes with all three on the court, unless it is those end of second quarter, end of fourth quarter type of lineups. I think there's value in maximizing that trio as well, because that's one of the good things with Kuz starting to click on offense is that he fits stylistically next to LeBron and AD, which is not easy to do now he's got to be able to shoot yeah. to be able to do that and he has been right but you see guys closing out hard to him he attacks the closeout he can dump it off to the big for the lot on the lob he can hit that floater uh he can get all the way to the rack it, it's he poses a lot of issues that capitalize upon the gravity of lebron and ad so if if not JaVale, right? He, you know, JaVale started and so did Kuz and LeBron and AD in this one. I do think that there's a case to be made to start Kuz. And then your rotations from there, I don't know. And that's one thing I'm concerned about is I, I don't still don't know the rotations and what they're going to be. Um, but I do think that there's a case to keep rolling with Kuz in the, in the starting lineup. Yeah, I, I think like you said earlier, you have to have a quick hook here with JaVale, not just in the sense of like how the game is going, but also like you can only really afford one or two bad JaVale games. And 
as soon as you get one or two of them, I think that's where you make the that's where you make the switch. And then when you make that switch, Javale's out of the rotation. And I think from there, I think things kind of fall into place. Uh, where, where you bring in, you know, Dwight uh, for for one of LeBron or AD, and you know, as as one of your first key subs down low, and then you kind of figure things out from there. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's that's really really interesting there with with Kuz and and look, if you would have told me heading into this bubble that we were going to be having this question this this conversation about Kuz, then oh, and the other thing too, it really is dependent upon whether or not Danny Green or KCP start making shots consistently. Sure. Let's hope, let's hope today was a good starting point. It's funny. Danny Green is better when he gets chased off the three-point line, and, but like has to like lean forward to mm-hmm. evade the guy that's behind him. There's something about Green that like when he leans forward, I'm always like, oh, that's money. But when he goes straight up with it, he's super stiff. And like, I don't know. I don't know if you ever feel that. Like some guys, when they shoot, you like tense up. You're like, yeah. But I, but I think with Danny, like him, like leaning into his shot a little bit, he's always way better on those. If he can step in or lean in. We didn't really see any trail threes from Danny through the bubble to this point. No, he, it was the first shot of the bubble. I believe it was against the Clippers. He hit a three stepping in. I think yeah. that's the first basket we made and nothing since then. Cause he's great at that shot. Yeah. Those transition threes from the wing where he steps into it. And yeah, he, he got very few attempts on those. Yeah, that's interesting. I hope the Lakers can find a way to get him more of those shots. Because yeah, those those that to me is one of the more automatic shots across the roster. Where he, I see him catching transition, I'm like hell yeah, that's a bucket. Jumping into it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's a bu- that's a bucket. All right. Interesting stuff here. We are we have a fascinating week ahead of us here, uh, where we're going to mm-hmm. learn who the Lakers are going to play in the first round, who they might face after they get through that first round. I'm. I'm rooting like hell against the Blazers because I find them hugely fraudulent. Like the more the more that people gas them up, I find myself <laughs> saying, guys, come on. Like I know they got some important players back, but that's also why they were I was hesitant to throw them in there in the first place. Cause like it takes a while to 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 figure out, refigure out, reconfigure the roles and roster once you guys get anyway. I'm not I don't want to rant about it. Uh but <laughs> anywho. Uh, we do our we we have one more seeding game here for the Lakers, and as that goes down, and as the rest of these seeding games come to a close, uh, we are going to find out who the Lakers play, who might be playing for the Lakers as that takes place, uh, and and however the Lakers approach their last seeding game is also going to be worth monitoring. Uh, whether or not the defense shows up the same night that in, that the offense shows up is also worth paying attention to. Plenty of stuff here over the last like week or so of the regular season. And then the postseason starts and, and Pete and I finally get to cover a, a Lakers postseason. So, so yeah, fun times man. ahead. <laughs> have a, uh, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.